0: Look just so you know I'm not a total nerd. I also happen to be super into close-up magic.
1: What a nerd. All right nerds. Let's go. Nerd! Get those nerds. nerds!
0: All right, well, welcome to this very special episode of Nerdables. I'm R.A. Rain. Joining me this episode are Chris, Travis, and Ethan.
2: What makes this episode special?
0: Really? You yeah. guys, do you, does anyone know
2: what make, might make this episode special? Uh, You're
1: wearing a girl's hair dye- hairstyle?
2: No. You're trying to represent samurai culture? No.
0: You're trying to be Tom Cruise and Keanu Reeves wrapped up in one as the last white samurai? <laughs> no. It's our one-year anniversary. So you wore a special samurai top knot? So I
2: wore a special samurai top knot. That
0: looks absolutely ridiculous for it. Yeah, what yeah, does
2: the samurai hair do have to do with our It one has year nothing to do with
1: our one-year anniversary.
0: So you actually just came up with that on your own? like <laughs> The
1: hairstyle. Yeah, yes. I'm
0: going to rock this. I decided to do something so different. So
1: you did that to yourself on purpose? Yeah. I did. For
0: those that don't know, I don't really have much hair, as in None. And there's some days that I miss it, and then I come in and see something like this, and I don't. So, yeah, it's our one-year anniversary. Uh, one year ago we started. We are actually on episode 43, so we're doing pretty good. I mean, you know, we, we managed to do almost it. Almost weekly. W- yeah, so for one a week, we only missed nine weeks. That's actually pretty impressive. Yeah. yeah. So uh, I wouldn't even come close to that. <laughs> My guess would have been like 30. Yeah, it's. I, I was actually kind of shocked that it was that close on. And if you look at it, we actually have almost 52 Weeks of content up there, because we have interviews and things like that. Cool. Now we just need people to actually watch them or listen to them.
1: <laughs> hey.
0: hey, <Hey-o>. hey. hi <laughs> So did you guys hear the really big
1: news this week? The oh. unearthing of E.T.?
0: Well, I was going to say that there's extraterrestrials that are playing games in the desert. Well, they wouldn't be playing games. It is a game. But, yes, the unearthing of E.T.? <laughs> Travis, you seem to know about this. Why don't you tell us exactly what happened?
1: Oh, sweet. I've been waiting for this all day. No, no I haven't.
0: Yeah. But go for uh, it anyway. You no, sound like really. you have. So
1: um, a group of folks um, had been lobbying to try to get the exclusive rights to dig in a uh, garbage dump in Alamogordo Landfill, which is in New Mexico, Um, It was a team of filmmakers and excavators. Uh, They were trying to get in. uh, It's Fuel Entertainment and uh, local garbage contractor, Joe Lewandowski. They started this kind of fundraiser idea back in December and uh, then ended up getting Microsoft involved and asking if they would try to help out and do stuff. And so uh, they started working towards this whole unearthing of the infamous Atari 2600 ET game that the urban legend goes Atari lost so much money on the game back when it came out that they literally poured thousands upon thousands of the games into this landfill in New Mexico to get rid of it. And lo and behold, they started digging, uh, I believe yesterday, and they've already found hundreds of the games buried there. So the urban legend is true. There are they don't know how many yet, but as of right now, hundreds upon hundreds of sealed, never used inbox E. T. games in in the uh garbage dump.
0: <laughs> so they did find hundreds and hundreds. Because I know like the first reports yesterday was they could only find like a couple, but obviously they had to dig a little farther. Well they also found a couple cases of centipede unopened. Um there was other marketing materials. Somebody found like an Indiana Jones like uh promotional pack.
2: They were really trying to bury it
0: deep. Well yeah. the other thing was they didn't just bury it, they was like cement poured over top of the whole thing. Of the whole site. So well, yeah,
2: that's how a landfill
0: works. <laughs> well I know that, but I'm just saying that it wasn't just, you know, dumped in a hole. You do have to wonder, like, how much money are you spending to Excavate a landfill because I mean, there's, this is big equipment. You know, yeah. gigantic yeah. excavators and stuff. That's a lot of money just to find out whether ET still sucks. Well, <laughs> they're doing it as a documentary that's going to be on Xbox Live later this year.
1: Uh, so no one's yeah. going to pay for the, it. The working game, the working title is Atari Game Over. See, I think they should.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I like that.
0: I think they should also put the game up on Xbox Live for people to play.
2: Nobody would play
0: it, though. I think you would get people to play it just I, to see I how think bad it just is. just the rights for that is just out of control. I mean, think, think of how many people uh, Xbox would have to pay off to put an E.T. game Yeah, in. I mean, first You have off, to pay Universal, you have to pay Spielberg, you would have yes. to pay Atari, you would have to the pay probably whoever the original are. developers are.
2: If they're still alive. Yeah,
0: yeah so that, that's a lot of money to basically play for five minutes and go, oh, wow, this does this really sucks. suck. sucks. <laughs> Too bad I can't throw away my Xbox now.
2: But you know, Microsoft would probably find a way to make you buy it for like 10 bucks. It's going to make a lot just, of money out of it. you got to pay you, for
0: the damn documentary somehow, right? It makes you wonder what else is buried out in that desert. Because this is, I mean, it's out almost to, uh, what, E.T. White Plains, isn't it? It's, it's close to the White Plains uh, Air Force Base, right?
1: I believe so, yes.
2: So, Jimmy Hoffa.
0: So that's out there close to Area 51, so, you know. What uh, else? Is Area 51's yeah, in Nevada, it. isn't it? Uh, Not Mexico. Is it? Yes. I thought it was out close to White Plains. No, <coughs> Area 51's in northern Nevada. <coughs> mm-hmm. So they say. White Plains is the. It's where the shuttle landed. Yeah, that's the emergency site for the shuttle. Yeah. Columbia landed in, what, 82, 83 or something? Whatever it was. Something like that. Um, yeah, so um, other big out of this world news um, Star Wars Disney or Disney Star Wars, whatever you want to call it has finally come out and said, fuck the Expanded Universe, which, you know... Did anyone really not think that was going to happen? This no, this. is this, They've been talking about this for like a week or two now, or even more, as we know, a couple of months ago, that they built a team, which I guess is like the Lucasfilm story team or something like that, officially, yeah, right. that yeah. was going to go through the EU and kind of pick and choose and do whatever. And they finally came out this week and said that, of course, as I think all of us really expected, and anyone who doesn't was in a pipe dream that Abram's crew and the Episode seven production team didn't have to be beholden to anything that had come before, Um, throwing out pretty much everything that came out after Return of the Jedi. It also kind of encompasses all of the EU stuff that is around um, the time of the original Galactic Civil War, the time that's in Clone Wars, uh, anything really early, the Knights of the Old Republic and stuff like that, and kind of establishing what we always knew, which is... There's only seven pieces of canon, Eight. which is the seven seven movies and the Clone Wars TV series. And Six the, movies in the Clone Wars TV series. And now the Rebels TV series. Well, yeah, but that's the Rebels hasn't come out yet. Right. Going forward, this to me is the biggest news. Going forward is that the adult fiction line, that sounds terrible, um, <laughs> but that's what they're calling it. The, 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 the adult fiction line uh, that's being published by Delray, I think, uh, yes. is relaunching everything that, occurred before, is called Legends, and it doesn't count. Everything going forward counts, and it will be in canon as they'll be working closer with Lucasfilm and the story team for Episode Seven. So they've announced a couple of different projects already. They said there's a prequel book for Rebels. Um, They're doing a book based on uh, Moff Tarkin, which will be like his official history, I guess, because it will be in canon along with all the other stuff. So to me, the biggest news is that going forward... At the very least, for the books. Well, they said the games, too. The games, too. They yeah. haven't said anything about comics yet, but at least not that I know of. Um, but that those books will be a- as beholden as they can be or as canon as they can be. I mean, obviously, they're going to be able to take whatever they want to throw out, they'll throw out. Mm-hmm. You know, at some point, they'll throw out stuff. They've almost revised a little bit through, through the movies, too. Um well, they also said the Westin games. Uh, well, they used a lot of material from West End Games because West End Games is, you know, said this for a long time. West End Games is the most important thing that ever happened to Star Wars after Return of the Jedi. Right. Because they established not only kind of like a backstory, but all of those source books had little stories in them. And this is where other creators and other companies said people are, are wanting new Star Wars material. They want new mm-hmm. Star Wars fiction. They want new Star Wars stories. They're making up their own because they don't have anything. and. Right. West End obviously expanded the universe and kind of gave a base to what had happened before. And they didn't try to explain away, like, story plots, but just the idea of how the Empire works, how the rebels work, you know, how the rebellion was set up, how, you know, why could the rebellion beat the stormtroopers? Because stormtroopers were just conscripts from worlds that nobody knew about, stuff like that. But they also gave the galaxy a map and, you know, where everything was. Well, that was much later. I mean, it, at the beginning, the source book was just simply, this is how the Empire works, this is how the Rebellion works, this is how the Galaxy works, in a very base tone so that you had a playground to play in. If you wanted to be a smuggler, you had to deal with the Empire like this. If you were going up against the Empire, you had to know what a platoon and a battalion and a legion and you know a battle group and stuff and so on and so, what on and so forth. What a garrison so, was, yeah. Yeah, that kind of thing. So that, it's it's... The stuff that they established, yeah, is pretty easy to put into canon because it's stuff that even Lucas used in the prequels. You know, Coruscant was first kind of fleshed out in West End games. You know, something as big as Coruscant was fleshed out in the source books for West End games, and something as small as the Juggernaut preceding the Adat mm-hmm. because they didn't want to use the Adat in every single role playing scenario. So they gave you different options and saying, oh, the Juggernaut was first and it was used in the Clone Wars. And then that, would they develop the ad ad after that? And he even used that in episode three. So, well, they did say <laughs> that um, the EU is there if they want to use it, but they're not going to use it. So it's kind of saying, "Hey, fans, don't <coughs> hate us because we're doing away with it." Because you know what? There might be some chance that they'll we probably won't
2: use it. They'll use stuff like Easter eggs, but I'm sure, yeah, yeah they'll they'll continue to like take bits and pieces out of it. But yeah. I mean, look at what Abrams did
0: with, with Star Trek. I mean, Star Trek basically at the divergent point that Nebo comes back, your classic, you know, uh, continuity now exists in its own little bubble and it's right. like an alternate universe. And so you have the J.J. Abrams universe going one way and you have the other one, uh, the, the classic stuff going the other way. It's kind of the same thing here. You know, wherever they decide to make a di- divergent point, which would probably be right after Jedi,
2: mm-hmm.
0: you know. So I guess this means that Karen Gillan's hair will not be used for Mara Jade. You guys have heard about this, right? When Karen Gillen cut off her hair for um for Guardians of the Galaxy, Correct. she donated it to the Star Wars film to be used as a wig in, in the Star Wars film. So the one that she had at Comic Con last year that she threw into the crowd was her real hair that they changed you know, they made into a wig. That's why she so desperately needed to get it back. <laughs> So yeah, it, I, everybody was speculating when they first when they first made the announcement about her hair that you know it was going to be for Mara Jade, because that's the wow. B- that's a bizarre story. Yeah,
1: that is a very bizarre story.
0: But it, yeah, I mean it, the the hair because I'm pretty it, sure the Star Wars production team cannot afford to make the it hair weird. that the hair itself that, it's an actual fact. Karen Gillan came out and said it, and they she was at there was, matter of fact it was at Emerald Con when she was talking about it. So. I guess we won't have Mara Jade Skywalker, which is kind of sad. Yeah, you're not gonna have any of that. No, I. But said, I said, mean, that, I said it from that, the start. I don't you're, expect any of that. Yeah, none of the kids, none of the, especially with the fact that you have those three originals in the new movie. I can't imagine you're gonna see the, the same kids. I mean, I, I, I can't imagine they wouldn't go with offspring, but right. it's, they're not. They don't want to make the offspring exactly what you've already had because it ties it into stories that they didn't make. Well, see, like I said, I, and I'm wondering, you know, and we kind of go back and forth saying that, you know, Lucasfilm uh, probably holds all rights to every character ever created. But I'm wondering if they actually can use those that have been used by other companies. Yeah, everything is Lucasfilm first.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. It's all theirs. They That's
0: why they can continue to republish all the stuff that came from Ballantine before never, if Del you Del notice, took over. Jaina and Jason and Anakin Solo never showed up in any of the comic books, not yeah. even the Jedi Academy comic book. They only showed up in the ser- in the book series. No, they're in comics. No, they're not. Yes, they are. What comic? They're in Refugees. Uh, they're in Star Wars Invasion. Are you sure? Yes, I'm sure.
1: Okay. Yes, they are in Invasion.
0: Okay, then that there's that theory out. But yeah, no, it, no, everything is owned by Lucasfilm first. I get that. That's that's what I'm saying. Royalty-wise, yes. I'm sure if they made Jason and Jaina, they would have to pay who Timothy's on because they were pregnant in there. Yes, yeah, Anakin it, would yeah. be paid to Rick Veach because it was in Dark Empire. I mean, right. it just the royalty situation may be a little fuzzy, but that's not going to stop Disney. What's stopping Disney is that their creator, their new creators, are not going to come in there and you're going to hand them a pile of 20 years worth of. Right. Material and go read this and then build your movie.
2: Right, they don't. Yeah, want
1: to, they you, don't want to have read to, every comic book and every novel for the past twenty years. Right. Okay. Good. Now you can write this movie. Yeah, I
0: know. I, I get they don't want to have their creators beholden to what was already. I mean, there. hell, even the, the the encyclopedias. You'll see entries where it, it's obvious that even the people writing the encyclopedia are trying to reconcile stuff that's just ten years old yeah. together. I mean, Boba Fett's origin has changed three times until yeah. Episode Two came out and blew it up. Yeah, you know, and then it, <laughs> the hell with trying to put the Marvel comics in there. If you put Marvel comics in there, Wedge Antilles comes from Tatooine and was friends with Luke Skywalker as a kid, mm-hmm. right? And you're just kind of like, well, well, just, just, we're just going to shove. Well, it right and that's under. what they're saying. They're they're saying that this way they can have a concurrent universe. They can, you know, that that they can create their own chronolo- chronological timeline, <laughs> and they don't have to worry about trying to incorporate. You know Timothy Zahn stuff. They don't try to incorporate the dark horse stuff. They don't have to try to incorporate the video game stuff. That basically they're taking the stuff that is visually there for people to see and t- saying this is our canon, and anything that we're going to put in there, you know, you'll have to readjust yeah. your universe. Then I was, I mean, even before episode one. George Lucas said that. He right. said, the three movies are it. That's the only thing I count. I don't but he count did. He else. did incorporate some little He t- did, bits. but like he said, the only thing that absolutely counts is what we've seen on the screen. Right. And even then, he changed the origin of the forest to be a bunch of insects, <laughs> a bunch of nanobots. Oh,
1: God, I thought we weren't ever going
0: to bring that up. Nope. So Kathleen Kennedy did. She did say that we we have an uh, unprecedented slate of new Star Wars entertainment on the horizon. Kennedy said, "We are set to bring Star Wars back to the big screen and continue the adventure through games, books, comics, and new formats that are just emerging. The future is interconnected. Uh, the future of the interconnecting storytelling will allow fans to explore the galaxy in deeper ways than ever before." Yeah, the biggest thing Ooh. in that statement is interconnected storytelling and. What yeah. it seems to be saying is what, what they've said. Every Everything. You could almost say the, the new Star Wars EU is Star Wars Expanded Universe. Everything counts. And then just go from there. Which, I mean, it's going to be interesting, but it's hard to have that many characters come, or that many creators come together and, right. and do this. It's the, when you open up the sandbox, it's a pretty big fucking sandbox. Right. There's a lot of people in it. One guy's building one castle, and the other guy's building a different castle, and they don't look the same at all. And so. that's why they're going to have the story group that's going to be. Yeah, the and they've scene. always had that. I mean, they yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, Lucy Autry did that for years, where mm-hmm. she was a coordinator and said, "You can do this, you can't do this because it contradicts this and whatever." And then Steve Sansweet ended up helping out with that in a little bit. Steve Sansweet collects toys. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, he's it, really good at it, but he just collects <laughs> toys. Well, when you have the money that you can do whatever you want, yeah. I mean, he well, doesn't know uh, So yeah, I mean, it's going to be pretty interesting to see you know what's going to go forward with uh, the Star Wars universe. Um, they did make one more announcement that um, Episode 7, 8, and 9 will probably not be going back to Coruscant at all. Um, they're going to keep it out in the the Old West type, you know. It's like, kind of interesting because then it may be less about the state of the galaxy than it is about just a couple of characters moving, whatever. Because when you, when you get to the end of uh, the, the gist of Episodes 4, 5, and 6... It's these six people or seven people are running away from this big person. Right. And that's pretty much right. it. There's not a lot of this is what the galaxy looks like. It's in, a chase film. Yeah. It, well, series. it's a series. And episode one, episode one, two, and three obviously tried to make that universe a little bit bigger. Clone Wars made it even bigger than that. Right. So well,
3: I it think could be something
0: where they're not talking about the state of the universe as much as they're just talking about, oh, it, it, it'll be back to the future too. Right. Well, your kids, be...
3: Luke, you've got to do something about your kids.
0: They could be leaving the, um, the expi- you know, making the universe bigger and hitting Coruscant <coughs> and all those other things for the their their new EU stuff. Yeah, it just seems an odd place to put it, but. Um, we shall see. So what yeah, do you think about that idea that uh, episodes eight and nine may actually come out in May? I think that there's been. Uh, I think they're doing it for the fans more so than anything. I, I think what they ended up doing was exactly what you said. They wanted to make sure there was enough time to make episode seven and then there's still enough time now where they don't have to worry about 8 and 9 so they can go back to having them in May. Well, I think also that you can do pre-work for... Knowing you're going to do all three, obviously, is a huge help. This is what Peter Jackson did mm-hmm. with Lord of the Rings. Knowing he was going to make all three of them at the same time, he's was like, I'm able to do whatever I need to do for, you know, Return of the King, I can make five years ahead of time right. because and it's the same thing here. You can shoot background plates. They're probably already working on pre-production stuff. Mm-hmm. And obviously it's easier. Once you make... The, first the X-Wing one. fighter for episode four, you know you're going to use that in five and six. Right. It's already there. So right. the pre-production yeah. time for eight and nine will be smaller. But, yeah, they, they mentioned that they're think... not beholden to that, uh, that Christmas timeline or whatever. Do you think it also thing. had to do with Marvel in 2015? No, Not really. Their, their releases? They didn't want to put too many, no. too many no, movies back to back? I don't think they, they cared about that.
1: No, because they, they own all of them, so they know what's coming out when. And they but, know when Marvel's doing their thing, and they know, and they're just going to work around it. They're, no, they're going to own their own movies.
2: They what own I'm all.
0: saying is that I'll make sure that each one of their movies has time to make the money. That yeah, it, but
2: they also have different people working on those projects. So it's not everybody's not working at Star Wars or on Star Wars. No, what he's, what he's saying I is moving,
0: moving Star Wars to get away from Avengers.
2: Right. So, yeah. Avengers, the, that so the decision Avengers wasn't
0: creative made as much as it was made of Financial. let's make it away from there. I don't think they care. Like I said, that movie can open on January 22nd on Mars and it's still going to make 170. Million. And that's what I mean though. Is if yeah. you if you put it back to back with Avengers, Avengers they gave it a month last year or last time to make its billion dollars. Now, if you undercut that by you say you have Avengers coming in on May 6th or whatever and then you have Star Wars coming out on the 26th, then you've just cut out Whatever kind I don't of think about. it affects either of those movies. You don't think so? No, it chance. doesn't. No. Whoever's going to go see those movies is going to go see those movies. That guy that's going to see Avengers ten times is still going to see Avengers ten times. Correct. He's also going to go see Star Wars ten times also. that That's not going to matter. When you have something... That, that idea that it used to... And the, the 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 way that used to happen was because you used to have movie theaters that only had four screens, right? So you could only show Avengers for a month, and then you're like, okay, I got to move it because Star Wars is in. Every theater now is what nine, ten like standard, multiplexes,
2: yeah. yeah, yeah.
0: So it's you know, Star Wars is going to open well then, at City Walk on eighty three screens, right? And they also weren't yep. showing films twenty four hours a day at that point, right? And mm-hmm. it's it's no, it's the, I don't think it has. I think the entire decision has to do with making sure. That they have enough time to do what they need to do to make episode seven quote unquote right. So, yeah. So, uh, C2E2 is this weekend, which is coming right off the heels of WonderCon. Mm-hmm. Isn't C2E2 one of the robots in Star Wars? <laughs> it <laughs> will be I next time. <laughs> um, apparently, there's being more information released at C2E2 than there was at WonderCon. No, WonderCon doesn't well, have because huge in, presence uh, of yeah, but even people
2: DC. Are <laughs> C2E2.
0: Well, DC didn't have a big presence either. Look at D- DC; had what four panels right. total? So neither neither of the companies made a gigantic presence, and most of the presence they made were people that were already here anyway. So right, and but that's what I was—that was kind of what I was saying last week when we were doing their WonderCon one. Is that to me when we the last one we went to in San Francisco, it seemed like there was more information coming out of it than there is now. Well, even San Francisco, San Francisco there was nobody there either. Well, Marvel had two panels, and that was it. Marvel had yeah. the, uh, they had yeah. X Men versus you know, that was the AVX. They also had. Um, AVX? That was way too early. That was four years ago? No, no, ago. it was Schism. It was, it was Schism. yeah. Yeah, there was Schism that came out. The only reason that they had an X Men panel is because uh, Axel Alonso loves San Francisco. Right. And they were in San Francisco at the time. Marvel and DC have never had a huge presence at WonderCon. There's, there hasn't been yeah. as much news out at WonderCon as everybody thinks there is. There was is. also a Cup of Joe panel there. Cup of Joes only at San Diego. They, they were. Because uh, we went Cup to. Cup of Joes them. only at San Diego. Joe doesn't come out Joe doesn't come out east or out west except for San Diego. <coughs> and then there was a, well there was a bunch of other stuff but there was Cuz that's news. one of the big things at WonderCon is this year I knowing where creators are none of the East Coast guys came to WonderCon cuz they're all going to Chicago. Right. Which they did and there's been a lot of stuff announced at Chicago. Um, one of the big things that DC announced during their panel, their 52 panel was that uh, uh Jimmy Pam- Paninati and... Palmati. Palmati, thank you. And Amanda Connor, which are the creators and r- the writers and artists behind uh, Harley Quinn. Writers. They're not doing the art. Oh, they're not? Uh, oh, no, Amanda's not doing the art? She okay, that's right. Chad Harden- Amanda doesn't do uh, monthly books anymore after Power Girl because it nearly broke her. <laughs> they announced that they are doing a 38-page 38 spe- 38 special called Harley Quinn Invades Comic-Con, where each chapter is a different day of SDCC. Well, it does sound like it sounds like it's thirty eight days, or feels like a thirty eight right? days, doesn't it? At the end? Yeah. But they are. What the really interesting is, thing about this is, they're calling it their red flag book. So basically, they're they're throwing everything that they can into this book to see how far they can push the limits of what DC will allow them to do with it. Mm-hmm. Well, so, did you read Harley Quinn Zero? Yeah. yeah. there's a lot of stuff in Harley Quinn Zero that throws some red flags too. Yeah. I do find it kind of funny. Like, hey, we're at C two E two, so let's talk about San Diego. Right. Right, I know. That, that that was kind of the first thing I saw about this one. I was like, wait, this is you know, All you guys that are here that can't go to San Diego, guess what? You don't get the exclusive, so
2: who cares?
0: Now, here's a question though, and they haven't really said it. It says that each chapter is a different day. So are they going to release this as a thirty eight page Comic or are they going to release it as you know? Yeah, it'll just be thirty-eight pages, but it's separated into every four day. Pieces. You got to go back and get the next nah, part of it. It'll be four. It'll be four parts no, of a single will, comic. Yeah,
2: the one comic will be separate. You're not.
0: You're not going to make Harley Quinn a, a. You could only get it San Diego. I mean, there'll be a cover, but that's that would be shooting yourself in the foot.
2: They also <laughs> announced they that uh, do it digitally.
0: Uh, Star Spangled Eye um, Zombie is coming out. No, yes, is coming out that week of July twenty-third. Star Spangled Eye Zombie. Uh huh. Wow. It's going to be war stories about uh, the iZombie. So, yeah.
1: I can't wait for that.
0: <laughs> um, Travis, do you even read comics anymore? Do you get I, do. Up? Uh, I do. I yes. do. Do you just read, like, hipster comics that nobody else cares about?
1: No, you yeah, I, I just read Saga, guys.
0: Yeah, that's, uh, there's no other real comics out there. I read on, Saga, Saga, and I'm really looking forward to Jason Aaron's Southern Bastards. But everything else can just go to hell.
1: I mean, uh, now that Neil Gaiman is doing Sandman again, I guess that's okay.
0: That's okay. Did you, like, suck Eric Stevenson's dick when he made that speech at uh, Comics Pro, like, two months ago, where he basically said that every comic that was an image is stupid?
1: <laughs> uh, I was the one that the security guards were tackling when I tried to feed his ass. Well, since since I do
0: have both of you here, this is a really good time to bring it up. Travis, you're reading mostly your comics digitally now, right? Yeah. Or, you, or you were before comicology got bought out by Amazon? Yeah. So, and Chris, Which Well, wait, actually let's stop right be there. I was going to say, is comicology being bought out <laughs> by Amazon actually affecting you?
1: No, not at all.
0: Okay, that's what that was, that's when the way that Rich said it, no, it sounded like something happened. And well, when he first came up, he was kind of worried about it, I think. Cuz that email you sent me was kind of worrisome. Well, I said it would happen, too. I'm like, watch Amazon just erase your history and go, oh, you have to rebuy all your comics because that money yeah, belongs to us I now. I was
1: worried about where it was going to go, how it was going to go down, how are they, you know, they going to handle it. But it's, it's literally like nothing. Yeah, I
0: can't me. imagine that Amazon would be so stupid as to try and just delete everybody's history and say, rebuy your shit and expect anyone to use that service ever again.
1: The, see, that's it. Yeah, they would, they would literally kill the service they just bought.
2: Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. But having you both here, because, Chris, you're primarily your comics come from the store, from the shop. Yeah, but so I also you, don't have a tablet, so... But you would... would I've, you? I've never... I would if they were cheaper. I'm not paying the same price to not have a physical copy. Right. That, to me, is... that That's where digital comics fall apart. Even though that you're getting that comic stored on a server for you. Doesn't matter.
1: Doesn't matter. You're Actually,
0: telling me I'm, I, I'm paying four bucks for something that I'm going to put... I can't physically uh, touch. I can't physically touch, and I don't have access to everywhere I've got to have, you know... Uh,
1: your reading device, of yeah, a reading well, that,
0: device, or not a reading device—that's the same thing. But you can't, you know, like if you don't have a Wi-Fi spot, no, that's you're not probably true because you be can download
1: do them to your tablet.
0: Yeah, but your tablet has what? How much? How much room do you really have in a tablet? You got to remember, I have almost six hundred thousand billion. Well, I understand that. Comic. What I do is what what, right. what I do with mine is because I, I I do both. I, I read you know I read the actual paper you know comic. Yeah, but that's, you're getting the free I digital copy. That's digital. what Marvel did a very good job of trying to do digital like here it is for free because all these companies want to go to digital because it's so much cheaper. Right. They're so the, only, out. the only ones I store on my tablet actually, the ones I download are the ones that I'm currently wanting to read or going to be reading. Right. But you never know everything for if someone I like me to go that back. Has, you gotta remember you have you have a lot less reading material than I do. Sure. So access is a big thing for it. But mostly it's just I'm still someone that uh, I enjoy reading it in a physical form. I enjoy having it in a physical form. I right. still, I still have a little bit of a collector mentality. I don't really, but I like having it there. Right. I mean, I got to get rid of ninety percent of what I have anyway because I just don't care about it anymore. But you like going into a shop, you know, physically. That's you know. the other thing is shopping is much different digitally because you're talking now of not having rack space for comics that don't come from the big two big two and a sure. half, can you imagine what a digital marketplace is going to look at mm-hmm. where you have to scroll through page after page after page to find comics from boom, IDW dynamite, Zeniscope. Those companies are going to go out of business if it does this. And that was my next question is Travis, how easy it is. Is it to find the comic books you're looking for?
1: For me, it's actually really easy because it's just actually you can go by publisher. So you can literally pull up a menu that's right. You know, but even even then you have
0: to know what publisher you're looking for if you're looking for a particular <laughs> well, I, I book. I, I think be, digital be. what digital hurts more than anything else is browsing. Sure. Because then there is something uh as as a comic book reader, as a comic book fan, as a comic book purchaser, you are a little bit beholden now to your shop because your shop puts out mm-hmm. the books or a shop, you know, whatever shop you're going to. Puts out the books whatever way that they want to. They're ordering whatever way they want to. Yeah. So But it's still, I think you have all those covers there. You have material that's right in front of you that you can browse and look at. I think digitally that's a lot harder to do because now you're even more beholden to comiXology. What if comiXology signs a deal with Dark Horse and Dark Horse is their home page? Right. So all of a sudden, Dark Horse gets much more predominant in their their site than anything else. People are always going to find Marvel DC. That's not a big deal. Batman, the greatest thing that will ever happen to Batman is digital because that's the only character that everybody in the United States knows about. But when you're talking about even something like Saga, you're going to have to. The reason that Saga is so popular is that Brian K. Vaughn, for a decade, built up a fan base based on not only his superhero work, but then Why the Last Man and and Pride of Baghdad and stuff like that. So that it was very organic and esoteric to get to the point where Mm -hmm. he has a book that's so huge because people want his stuff. Digital, I think, ruins that to a certain degree because you're going to have people that are going to have a hard time finding those titles. I, I get what you're saying, and I, and I and I totally agree with you that, you know, one of the big things about retail is going into the shop, or whether it be whether it be you know video games, comic books, whatever, and finding things that you didn't know or expect to be out. What I see with digital is most people with digital you have to be looking for the comic that you want. You have to know Saga exists in order to, to try to find Saga. You know, If you walk into a comic book shop and you see the racks of all the comic books, and you're walking through, you know, you see a cover that all of a sudden interests you, you pick it up, you start looking through the pages, and it may be something that is from an artist and a, a creator that you've never heard of, mm-hmm. but all of a sudden you find this gem that if you were doing it just digitally, you would never have found. Do
2: you have a harder thing to well, do? Well, I, I, I'm going to say something a little different on that kid because there's been times there's been times where I've used like the applications on the tablet right to just browse and then like I find something and I'm like oh that's cool then I'll go to the shop and actually buy the physical copy mm-hmm. like I won't buy it digitally they're not saying cool. it,
0: it'll disappear completely but I think it's just harder and it's also I think you're putting your browsing control into somebody else as to what they show you and what they don't show you right because it can, again If you have a deal with a particular company, we're going to get the first five pages of every Dark Horse comic, but we're not going to have any interior pages for IDW, Zenoscope, Boom, Oni, whatever... That's a difference. Where mm-hmm. if you have a, a physical copy, is a physical copy. The only thing that I that, that a shop can do to stop you is to seal it and tell you not to open it. But no one's going to do that. Your racks are open. You can a, pick up any book and look and see is the art in the interior different than the cover. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of different cover artists than there are interior artists. So
1: very much so. And that's yeah.
0: the other thing is it kills variant covers.
1: So uh, as that's, a guy who does do <laughs> some digital stuff, like for me, my point would be you at this point you need to be an educated reader. You do need to know what to look for and what you're looking for. And I don't use digital as my uh, end-all, be-all. I actually use it as a way to disseminate what I want to go to my brick-and-mortar for to actually buy. So I'll go and I'll pick up you know, saga number one on digital, read it, and go, Holy crap, this is good. I'm going to go get two, three, four, five, six at the brick-and-mortar. And actually, because I do still have the, I like that. Holding it in hand, physical copy of the pages, the artwork.
0: Now, would it be better if there was like a red box type scenario that went into the comic book shops where, you know, the comic, the comic book shop owner buys, just like they would with the ones that, you know, the, the comic books they put into the stores, they buy the certain titles that they want to be digitally, you know, so you walk Companies in. Companies are never going to do that. You don't think so? No. We, why? Because wait, they,
1: wait. What are you? What are you trying why, to
0: if, say? If if you can, if you're sending them something that you can send to them wirelessly, why would you ever need a store? No, no, no. no. I'm saying you have you walk into the store, you bring your tablet in, and you just you know right. You why? Scan why it. would Marvel do that? But yeah, I mean, when Marvel can give it to you while you're sitting in your underwear in your bed at four o'clock in the morning, when
1: Marvel can literally give it to you from themselves and there's no middleman.
0: The only reason Redbox still exists is because there's still a lot of people that don't have streaming services. Sure. Yeah. When everybody has Netflix in five years, Redbox Redbox is going to go away.
1: They're dead. I I, I get that.
0: That 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 having physical content in terms of uh, media like DVDs and stuff like that, that's eventually going to go away because you know you're only going to see the biggest movies released that way because I want my Super HD Blu-ray in my eyeballs shoots lasers into my brain. Your 3D copy. You of it, yeah. yeah, and all that stuff that you're not going to be able to get. But, I mean, the, the sales of DVDs are, are all but gone because I can go to Netflix and I can watch... Why would I don't own any of the Clone Wars seasons. Why would right. I buy them now? They're right. all on Netflix. Because they're bad. Well, yeah. That. <laughs> well, I mean, the other thing is, you know, you can buy... Now they're doing the, with the digital movies. I mean, movies, you can buy them three weeks in advance digitally then you would be able to go in and you know, buy yeah, the actual there's, copy. There's nothing – the stores have – the stores have no leverage. Right. Once Marvel figures out I can get all of my comics to every single reader I want through the ether of mm-hmm. wireless and yeah. they're going to pay me four bucks each why would i ever sell a single comic and then it to saves, a, it, saves yeah. the cost, huh? it saves them the printing cost it saves them the printing cost, costs it saves them the shipping costs it saves all that whole $4 goes straight to them mm-hmm. you know they're only getting a percentage of what you're paying on the rack because obviously mm-hmm. comic stores have, comic stores have to make profits right so no it's
1: it, if you're a fan day, of comic stores money.
0: it's it's scary and it's getting scary because for a long time we always said we're spending too much time Talking about digital for when it makes up such a small part of the publishing scene of comics and in general, right? But also, the problem was nobody's releasing digital numbers, mm-hmm. nobody knows how many digital things are actually out there. So, as it starts to get bigger and bigger, and Marvel and DC both go to web exclusive content,
3: right. then
0: you're getting to the point where it may be you know. It, it's, it, we're going to get to water world where pages are you know, treated as gold or something like that. So, so do you think that we are on the, the cusp of the Hollywood video, blockbuster video? I don't think you're that far because it, as weird as it is, as much as, as a comic book crowd is a techno crowd, it's also a crowd that resists that type of technology or sure. something they don't want. There is a resistance to digital in In terms of it being the only form, and I think you'll still see where digital stuff is being collected and putting out in print because I don't think people are going to give up print. They've been talking about bookstores being oh, no one's going to read books anymore. the Kindle's out no one ever reads books right and books are still selling and the you know, Kindle really does
1: much. that uh unbelievably well, and books get a skyrocketing and soar in sales through Kindle, so it's yeah, like,
0: so you, you'll mm-hmm. see that thing I mean, like we said. They've talked about the end of CDs, magazines, mm-hmm. DVDs, comics, and books for the last decade. Right. Guess what's still out there? CDs, DVDs, sure. magazines, books. What kills comics, what killed magazines is the price. Mm-hmm. When you're sitting there looking at a magazine that's you know, the size of Newsweek and you're asking someone to pay 6 bucks for it right. for a weekly,
1: F that. Yeah. And it's the well, same thing here. Say so goodbye.
0: Yeah. That's, you're, you're, <coughs> the biggest threat to comic books is the fact that Marvel still thinks that $4 is an acceptable price point. Right, and shipping three books a week, and that's why we've seen Marvel this year seems to be going back to a monthly schedule. Some of their biggest books from their all new, all now new, now now new now, different new, new yeah, now yeah. are all mon- monthly <laughs> schedules. So we've we've seen an increase in digital comics that are being that aren't being released as book form, and then being you know collected as a trade later on. Do you think that it could end up being that we're going to see more of that with certain titles and then less being printed and seeing – ended up seeing more of a trade market? Well, you've already seen it. Right. There's already a trade market anyway. There's less of floppies being printed as there are for trades. Walking Dead doesn't sell nearly as many actual floppies, monthly floppies, as it does in trade because people right. trade weight, So there's – trades are huge. Um, Floppies are still, and it 's also again it 's price when you look at a at a floppy and you 're going i 'm paying three four bucks for this versus a thick trade and you 're like i 'm paying fifteen to twenty five dollars for it right it 's a sense of value we talked about this on the toy show about mm-hmm. ten bucks. ten dollars seems to be that ceiling right People will pay ten dollars for a figure, but once you get over, once you start getting up to 11, $12, 13 for a three and three quarter figure, people look at it and go, eh. right it 's all perceived value that 's why a ninety nine cents store exists. If you made that a dollar store. Uh, I don't know. Yeah.
1: Oh, uh, wait
0: a uh, wait, 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 Another penny. I'm not sure about this. Uh. <laughs> so do you think it could end up being that we see the standard issues being done digitally but then doing variants to be in the stores? No, because your store can't ex- exist on that. A, a, a store is never going to exist off no, of just variants. A store's never going to exist also, off of comics that that are available somewhere else for the same price sure. in huge numbers. If every company went to digital right now and everyone had a digital service, and you're sitting there going, "Well, you can buy it digitally, or you can go get it." What digital helps is that guy in butt fuck nowhere that doesn't have a shop within 110 miles. Right. That's the guy that's now reading not only some of the weird titles, not weird, but. You know, uh, smaller press titles like Saga or smaller offhand titles that aren't the main. But that guy's also now finally able to buy Batman and Spider Man at a regular rate, right? And uh, during the same time that everybody else is getting it. Yeah, that's Mm -hmm. where digital's digital's big huge thing is. Is we in Southern California are are incredibly, unbelievably blessed in the fact there's a comic shop within 30 miles of almost anywhere. Sure.
1: Good you God! Know. If we look at if just like if you get like, Santa
0: Barbara, that... yeah, if you get Santa Barbara to the border, there's a shop within 30 miles of almost every single mm-hmm. place you can think of. When I talk to guys online for you know in forms for creator pages, there's a guy, there's a guy that I I know who is in um uh uh not north south South Dakota. There's like four shops in the entire state, right? You know, and that's it. And two of them barely carry anything. His his shop is two hours away. So they're probably so never once, getting any independence. He stuff. gets once he goes once a month. They barely get any any independence because that shop itself, when you have a shop like that, it has to it can't take chances. Right. It has to stock what it knows it's going to sell. People, bitch, there's too many Batman, there's too many Spider-Man, there's too many X Men, there's too many Avengers. Eh. Guess what? That's what fucking sells. Mm-hmm. It's your fault. You're buying it. So the reason there's 85 Batman titles is people buy 85 Batman. Everybody titles. wants Batman. Yeah. So yep. you have to go with that safe thing that everyone's going to buy. When you're out here, you can stock Manifest Destiny. You can right. stock Mercenary C. You can stock Zero. You can stock any of his Zenoscope crap. Because well, you also have more you can sell diverse, enough you know, Batman. Crowd. Well, it's not even diversity. You can sell enough Batman, and people you have enough people coming in for Batman that when they go, you know what? I want something different. Here, try Manifest Destiny. Try sure. Zero. Try you know whatever, and you'll pick that type of stuff up. Um. So it's not so much that the digital is is killing the comic book market, or at least the brick and mortar. It's expanding the the clientele that wouldn't necessarily be able to get it.
2: Yeah.
1: Mm -hmm. (laughs) All right. So it's also and it's also a test ground for new books. That's what DC was doing with Batman Beyond 2.0 and uh, Justice Beyond. Yeah,
0: and I think you'll see that bigger, especially (laughs) with DC. The chances that DC is taking and the books that are that were odd in the New Fifty Two. Uh, Men at War, Frankenstein, whatever, all those right. books failed. Those are books that I see in the future they would do digitally. Yeah, yeah that, that you would put, make sense. You put that out, the thing. And that's also where you find new creators. You get a guy and you're like, well, we're look, we're not going to print your book, but we want you to work for us because eventually that guy may take over for, on Batman from Scott Snyder. So you get a guy who's fairly brand new. You get an artist who's fairly brand new. And you can try it digitally, and if you offer it at a low price, people will buy it simply because of the price. Mm-hmm. It's amazing how much people buy shit for price. Right. He put out Walking Dead number one, which everybody has read, as a dollar, and people are still picking it up in droves. Well, that's why Marvel do, always does the, on uh, Comicology, or, or no, I'm sorry, on their own website um, for digitally, they always do Marvel Mondays, where you know they'll bring out like
1: ninety nine, yeah, ninety
0: nine cent stuff. Yeah, you know, you'll get the depth of cap or does what that stuff too, don't they? I think so. Um, so, Ethan, go ahead and hit your segue button, because uh, this is a perfect segue into expanding universes. Just segue. It Shut doesn't out. work. Are so, we, um, Are we getting Segways? Fox has announced that they are going to be expanding the Fantastic Four and X-Men franchises to
2: television. Stop. Stop it. Fox, just stop it. Oh, stop. Oh, I think we were talking about this earlier that there's just too much. I'm pretty sure they've already stopped with Fantastic Four. So. <laughs> what do you, I mean, they need to stop. But I think oh. we yeah, discussed that we it's on, just what? too much comic content on TV with this. Well,
3: no
0: matter what you do, this any sort of thing that's popular, you always saturate look, the market. Look at what happened with Friends. Milk
1: it, milk yeah. it. Friends for became really popular, penny.
0: and then two years later, every single fall show. That was a half hour on NBC <coughs> with six good-looking white people get an apartment together and try to figure out how to bang each other. Coming up on NBC Couples. <laughs> and then it would be canceled, and it, everyone goes back to what the original is. We saw it with, we've seen it with zombies, we've seen mm-hmm. it with ghosts, we've seen it with witches, we've seen it with all Shit, this type Westerns.
1: of stuff. How many Western TV shows used to be on?
0: Yeah, it, it's and they're going, but the thing is, they haven't found that ceiling yet. It's many times they're like, oh, the superhero bubble is going to burst and then you have a crappy movie like Iron Man 3 makes half a billion dollars worldwide. What do we figure out <laughs> how I many... don't, don't, keep
1: going. Keep no, going.
0: Keep going. That's well, why Fox is never going to give up Fantastic Four, right. because whether the creators themselves, whoever's in there that's directors and producers and whatever, going, God, I don't want to do this, the heads of that studio are going, I watched Spider-Man 3 yesterday, and I realized that that's a gigantic piece of shit, and it made a billion dollars. So we're so, gonna keep going until it hits. Oh, Let's make our gigantic piece of shit and make a billion a,
2: dollars too. They already did.
0: <laughs> well, Sam Kinberg said that uh, Simon. Simon, oh, excuse me. Simon Kinberg said, "Thank you." His name is. you get it right we, on it's the third Kinsburg, try. But It's Kinsburg, but even though it's it's that's spelled not how it's spelled. That's how it's spelled. That's not how it's spelled. That's how it's spelled. I almost guarantee you that's not how it's spelled. That's how it's spelled. <laughs> Anyway, Simon Kinsberg said that we're still in the in this place of figuring out what the future of the franchise will be, but when you look at Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. to some extent and what Marvel is doing now with Daredevil and the it's other shows. It's very little expense. On, I know, on, on Netflix. <laughs> look at Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. We spent a whole bunch of money on a show that's still bleeding viewers like crazy. Well, here's what it says. It says it makes sense to tell some of these stories you know, in TV, partly because they're not enough for the screens. They're not enough for... There, wait, <laughs> the story, Jeez. I know, you got me, Jeez. and it makes sense to you know, tell some of on, these stop stories. Stop right here, stop right here, I take it back, you're correct, it is Kinsberg. Thank you. I could have sworn his name was Kinberg.
2: Wow, well, Rich got something right. <laughs>
0: uh, well, no, what's even more impressive is that you both have not acknowledged that. So anyways, he said that it makes sense to tell these stories, some of these stories on television, because they're partly just not enough for the screens to do all of the char- to do these characters justice. Um, Kimberg told The Collider that also because the serial format of comic books is better suited for television and you get uh, because it's, e- it's because, of that, because that's it every week you get to come back to the same characters with different stories and in comic books every week it's the same character with different stories
1: he's Mike leaving went, out
0: a very huge part and that's doing episodic TV to the point of what comic books do is really fucking expensive Kimberg did go on to say the biggest challenge for expanding X-Men and the Fantastic Four from the big screen to television is the cost of filming superhero style action on television in a TV series budget. Here's my question though. He mentioned doing it the Marvel way basically, you know, the way Marvel's the Marvel set it up. If you are going to do an X-Men and a Fantastic Four movie, you're not going to be able to use the X-Men and the Fantastic Four from from them for television, you're not going to be able to get the same actors. So that means that you're going to be using other me, characters. That throws out Fantastic Four. That thro- that's X-Men. I could see you do X-Men. It. You, you can do, do X-Force. You can do all these the other. Hell with that, you do New X-Men. You right. do a kid. You know, it'll be on the CW. But Fantastic Four. How do you do a Fantastic yes, had, Four like series without the Fantastic Four? Herbie the Robot. You could do Silver Surfer. No. The whole uh-huh. the whole series is her with a robot. Can you imagine how expensive a Silver Surfer series would be? <laughs>
2: yes, that would be insane. The whole the thing, entire
1: thing, would be CGI.
2: The whole thing is green the screen. Entire... No, they'll just get a guy and just paint him in silver paint. Like <laughs> they get the guy that was at uh, Con, WonderCon.
0: Yeah. Holy crap! Simon Kingbird wrote X Men: The Last Stand. Yeah. You didn't know that. <sighs> That film made $102 million on its opening weekend. One of the biggest openings in history. Despite, so he made I'm, re- I'm, right his, I'm reading it's Wikipedia, sorry. Despite receiving mixed reviews, it went on to gross over $460 million worldwide, making it the most successful film in the franchise. That's blasphemy. <laughs> that movie made more money than X2. Wow. He wrote X-Men Last Stand. He also wrote the sequel to Triple X. Yep. State of the Union. <laughs> <laughs> God. This guy is. This guy's actually running. What is he doing now? Is he running that that part of the franchise? I don't. But didn't he just work on something for Star Wars or <laughs> or Rebels or something? He was the final writer for Sherlock Holmes. Yeah. He was the producer of X Men First Class, so that's where he started. He started uh, getting better. Yeah. Anybody want to to uh, bring up uh, X Men First uh, Class? Wasn't directed by Matthew Vaughn, was it? Yes. Oh, I thought it was I thought singer. No. did that
2: one too. Speaking of singer. He just like produced it, I think. Anybody want to discuss Brian no, Singer. We're not discuss no, not going to discuss Brian
0: Singer. This isn't the place for it. No, nah,
2: I know. Um No, I know.
0: <laughs> as, no, as I wasn't shut him down. Uh, no, I wasn't going to, but you know, just kind of throwing out that acknowledgement. Um So Marvel Studios did announce this week that they found their Thanos and that he will be in Guardians of the Galaxy. That's gross, by the way.
2: Really? Did that they, they found, found their Thanos? <laughs>
0: Do you think that the big. Hold on. Just going back to what you were talking about with Kinberg, right? uh, With Star Wars. Uh, He was initially reported as one of the writers with Lawrence Kasdan, and then they said that Kinberg would only be working on future Star Wars projects, but not episode seven or eight. Right. So but, that's what it was. So yeah, he is. He is. So a, he's the one that comes he's, in. Yeah, he's an executive producer of the new Star Wars Rebels animated series. Right. Because so I thought he was at the panel.
2: He's the one that comes in to ruin franchises, right? So he always <laughs> does the third movie of every franchise. Did he so do Spider Man three? Does that mean he's gonna do? He's gonna do Episode nine for Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> it's
1: gonna be oh. terrible.
0: <laughs> it's gonna feature a bridge that takes nine and a half hours to move from one section to another. Oh, wow. I want to see what the script is for that. Magneto appears on a bridge and lifts it in pure noon sunlight. Cut to Magneto dropping the bridge on Alcatraz, which is two miles away... In pitch black darkness, dude, it's a heavy bridge. Come on, they could have just blown up the bridge. <laughs> it took them nine and a half hours to move that stupid but bridge. But how would ever? How would they have had the X Men? That could That should have been the end of the movie. It's just <laughs> Wolverine and Beast standing on Alcatraz, going, "Oh shit, that was easy." <laughs> Someone just blew up the bridge and they dropped everybody into the ocean. But they couldn't do the the great villain walk onto the island. They did the great villain walk. They did it onto the bridge when he starts picking it up, <laughs> and then it yeah. takes him. It takes him a full day. So with with did Mar- he call? Did he call times out? Like he didn't <laughs> tag when you were a kid. Times out, times out. No one's allowed to hit me while I move this bridge. <sighs> he's got to take his time. Um, so with with Marvel finding their Thanos, okay, um, I guess he's not going to be in Guardians very much.
1: Well, they was- said they're gonna. From what he alluded to he's they're going to have. A motion capture Thanos make a an appearance in Guardians of the Galaxy. Did but... anybody
0: think he was going to be the villain in Guardians? No, no, no. I didn't think I so. I thought but... the only time you'd ever see him was if you saw no. him in a in a credit sequence, which now they gave away the credit <laughs> sequence. I don't. Well, see, I, good we, job, Marvel. We don't know if it's a credit sequence or if it's like a couple pickup scenes. I just
2: I don't know. That seems stupid. No, I have a feeling it's going to be like end credits
0: or mid credits. See, I, I, don't, I don't think so. I think it's going to All be... All Kevin
1: Feige said was that he's going to be uh, making... There's going to be a motion capture appearance, and that's it.
0: Right. It's basically the setup for... You know, like they said, that this is going to be their Empire Strikes Back of the, of the Gauntlet trilogy, yeah. basically. You yeah, know, The who's setup was who's Avengers. Doing the motion capture? As far as what, studio is? No, who's doing the motion capture? They, they haven't said. So what did they find? They just found the the actor playing. They
1: asked if they were just using some, like, motion capture actor to do whatever scenes he's going to be in for Guardians of the Galaxy. And Kevin Feige said that, yes, there's going to be Thanos in Guardians of the Galaxy with motion capture. But uh, he said that they have actually cast an actor to play Thanos, but, but didn't he's say who not it was. Correct.
0: Okay, that that's yet. where I was confused. Is i like looking at this and you're going they announced they found their Thanos. Who is it? I don't know. Like that's, that's not really an announcement. Yeah, yeah. Right. So Somebody's Empire. playing Thanos. Big surprise. That that was the big thing. That was what yeah. it was.
1: So so basically Empire Magazine was doing an interview with Faggy about the Marvel universe and they were asking about Thanos being in there or not or how what when where or why. And he said, "Yeah, he's going to be in Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, it's motion capture. We've got an actor to play Thanos. Like in the future, I'm not going to tell you any more than that."
2: Okay. <laughs> Travis is totally like uh, auto tuning into <laughs> our uh, podcast. Said. Apparently, we're talking to T Pain.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. They I'm get auto-tuned for a second. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, see, my question is because they just. Um, now that Robert Downey Jr. has Twitter, he's been
2: tweeting pictures from you know Avengers Two, and Mark Ruffalo got into the game of tweeting some pictures. I love and the picture he he tweeted of all the directors' chairs, and his was like shorter than everybody else's. Downey Jr. Yeah,
1: that was uh, <laughs> R.D.J. Right? Yeah. yeah. Well, the, and
2: the
0: one that uh, the that Ruffalo sent in was of him doing the motion capture for the Hulk, mm-hmm. and the picture it looks like he's taking trying to take a big old Hulk-sized dump, you know, because the face anything. So I'm wondering if the motion capture actor for Thanos is actually going to be the same actor that they're going to have voice it and be Thanos. It's going to be Vin Diesel. It's possible because here's the thing with uh, Vin Diesel that he agreed to do Groot because he was signing on for a future Marvel project.
1: Right. Well, as of right now, he did confirm that uh, the actor who played Thanos in the first one, uh, Damien Poitier, is going to be doing him, or Damien Poitier is doing, like, redid the mocap for Guardians of the Galaxy. But mm-hmm. he also, you know, they also alluded to everyone Wait, does- is expecting a major, major actor casting for. Thanos for when he does something big
0: mm-hmm. for basically basically his wait, voice. Wait, wait. So what you're saying is the guy who did the small motion capture for the the credit scene in Avengers is the same guy who did the motion capture for Guardians of the Galaxy. Correct. So that means Kevin Feige just told you who played Thanos in Guardians of the Galaxy. Correct. As, as far as motion capture wise. Okay. So, so they they just hired he the had voice actor
1: actor to play him later. Oh. Who that is, what, where, when, why we don't know.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Is it you, Travis?
1: That would be sick. <laughs> can you do a Thanos voice? Not to save my life.
3: <laughs> You'd have to bring it really low. I, w-
1: I would have to like go find Keith David and James Earl Jones and take both their voice boxes and combine them, and then i get close. I
0: could see I can see Keith David doing it. And then that. swallow rocks and sand for a little bit so your voice gets all good. What if I give him a voice like that? <laughs> Willn't that be great? Hey guys. Hi Captain America. I'm gonna kill you now. Snap so, my finger, then everybody die. Um Not who who would we want? You know, who would you guys want to do the voice of Thanos? Me.
1: <laughs> I, I mean, they, if they wanted to hire me, I'm I'm hundred percent available and I come cheap.
0: I want Arnold Schwarzenegger or Sylvester Stallone. That is a. Oh, God, oh, you hell. see. I'm pretty, I'm pretty. We just skipped over. Like, the we, we skipped over Travis's title for his autobiography. I'm highly available and I come cheap. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Travis, The Travis Jones story. I'm highly available and I come cheap. There you go. That
0: should that's totally be it. That, that's really. Oh, Schwarzenegger be would
3: be great yeah I gotta get all the gems yeah and all of them. Put nah, them on. Give me the them yeah put them can't in the gauntlet and the things and put it. it on my hand yeah I yeah, I'm going to crush you yeah your life Ah, Get the godly to the chopper. Th- think of him doing all the gems. I've got the soul gem, and I got the mind gem, and then the the one that the controls the reality, and all of these things, and the the, uh, the the one that does the time and the space. And then they put it on this really cool, like like yellow like glove, and then they put it on, and I'm like, yeah, I control everything. You're going ah, you, to be you like your life. Now you have this life. So yeah. I, uh, uh. Really? I'm going to, yeah, I want to impress death. You know, she come up to me and she's like all hot and stuff. You know, she's like, ah! you know, I love it because she's so hot. And then I'm like, watch this. And I'm going to kill like half of the people. And then I just have to think <laughs> about it. And then I killed them. And then, like, I got to the all of the people in in the Congress of, uh, of the California. You know, all <laughs> of those jerks are gone. And then I got to the all of the people that you know did all of the things where they said I touched the boobies, you know, when I wasn't supposed to. And then, and then I also removed the iguana maid that the uh, that uh, I fell into for a couple of years and had the baby <laughs> with.
0: Uh, how about how about Harrison Ford? Uh,
3: Harrison Ford I got to I got Harrison. to. The I gotta, I gotta I got the
0: Avengers would just beat him because they're like I don't understand what he's saying, <laughs> so let's just go kick his ass.
3: Indiana
2: Jones?
0: Ethan, how about Nacho Man? <laughs> think Nacho Man would do it?
1: I, I, no, I, I thought you were so. tired of Nacho Man.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Sir, your auto tune is awesome. I thought you were tired of Nacho <laughs> Man. I,
2: I want I want him to do I want him to do this show just auto tune <laughs>
1: I'm down with Smato, Jim.
0: (laughs) That would be awesome. No, seriously, who would you guys want as Thanos? You mentioned Keith David. I could see Keith David doing Mm -hmm. it. Yeah, I could see doing the voice. I mean, I wouldn't do, and I don't. I don't think if if they were to go with Vin Diesel, I don't think that'd be a bad choice either. Yeah, I was about to say Vin Diesel isn't as terrible as people make him out to be. I mean, and his voice is fantastic. Right. I I was going to say that. I was going to
2: say that. You know, people may not agree with me, but I think Vin Diesel could do. Danny's huge, and you know he could do mocap for it. I mean, he's, the, he's an action. Well, he's doing the
0: mocap for Groot too. So yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so if Groot were to fight Thanos, it would be Vin <laughs> Diesel versus Vin
1: Diesel. Attack of the Vin Diesel clones.
3: Coming soon to
1: theaters. <laughs> well, there's there's still the rumor that uh, Vin Diesel is going to get to be uh, Vision, or did that already get dumped?
0: That's dumped. Paul uh, Paul Bettany's Vision.
1: Oh, that news official. Okay. Yeah,
0: that that's completely official now. Is he doing the the, the mo-cap? He's doing the the motion for yeah. too.
2: He's also doing the voice for Jarvis as well. Yes. For that. Well, yeah. Well, that's, that's that's what
0: kind of blew up the rumor that Robert Downey Jr. makes Ultron instead of Hank Pym. Right? right. Yeah, that, that's where the con- the continuity is going to come into it, which could be how you get rid of Robert that Downey Jr. Well, see, that's what they were kind of saying is
1: that. That, that's it how gives you can... them
0: an out because he created Ultron. He'll sa- either sacrifice himself or he'll get kicked out of Avengers. Right. And then Avengers will just be Cap and Thor. Are we
1: going to do Avengers Disassemble now? Um, oh, boy.
0: Will the Vision get turn, torn apart in two when nobody cares about him because he's only been in the movie for like 20 minutes? <laughs> oh, God. So, um, Did Brian Michael Bendis write Avengers 2? No, but he is. Uh, I think he is listed as going to be part of the uh, executive creator team. Well, I think. I think a lot of stuff vets through him anyway, because most of the stories they're touching on are stuff that he's touched anyway. Yeah. That's like no, Craig Kinberg that's writing you the You realize that Avengers Assemble, the, it was the first six issues are Avenger, uh, the Avengers team from the movie versus Thanos. Right. So it,
2: it may have been laying it's the Kinberg ground, that's the writing the third movie. movie. That's why he's going to start in the second. Um,
0: the only other... If Brett Ratner's <laughs> announced as the director <laughs> of Avengers 3, <laughs> watch that franchise just burn to the ground. Marvel just completely just says "fuck it, we don't care anymore." You're going to see it anyway. Hey, Travis. Yo. So, um, Yo. Did, did you hear about the uh, name change for uh, The Hobbit?
1: Oh God, what do they do now?
0: <laughs> it's no longer the Hobbit. Three is no longer going to be there and back again.
1: Right, the Hobbit three is going to be the Battle of the Five Armies, right? Yes,
0: which is the wild yeah. orgy. What the movie was, right? Well, that's basically what the movie was about, anyways. Uh, yeah,
1: basically they just went, "Hey, you know, you know the the the, uh, the, the whole plot of movie 3? So that's just the title.
0: <laughs> well, especially since and pretty much I was
1: going to name the it. The Hobbit's War, journey is over. Figured that was too obvious. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. Once you, well, I guess the dragon. I'm trying to remember the end of that film now. <laughs> you can see how much I paid attention. The dragon, to the dragon escapes. Yeah, the dragon escapes. That's what it was. Uh, in the film, yeah.
1: Yeah, he, uh, he breaks out of the uh, mountain and
0: goes, I'm
3: starred!
0: <laughs> <laughs> then he I'm heads tired! to. Doesn't uh, he, he head to Lake Town? Lake Town, yeah. Oh, yeah. That, the whole Lake Town thing was so boring. <laughs> I want to like these movies so much, but I got to tell you, there's just something missing in them. It's almost like uh, there's something missing in the fact that there's way too much in it. There's way too much in it. So it's very. Not only that, uh, it,
1: it lost. It, it lost something from the Lord of the Rings and Lord of the Rings. I'm sorry, I, every single one of those movies, even when it was down a little bit, I was like, "These are so good." Yeah, no, they're three of my three These of my ones, favorite I'm films I'm like, of all time. This is not the Hobbit that I've read.
0: Do you want me to tell you what you lost in it? Is dignity? Soul? No. The, yes, you're oh, no. you're correct. The walking, the the traveling in the Lord of the Rings is what you've lost. You've lost all that character well, development huge, that happened. There's a huge in travel it. in this. I, but see, I it, think it, it goes this, too I fast. Think, well, I don't even think it's too fast. <coughs> I think it's... Uh, there, there's three things that... In trying to do this thing, because I'm like Travis. I, I the, the Peter Jackson's first three movies are three of my favorite films ever. Yeah, sure. I've watched the four-hour versions of those a dozen times. Mm-hmm. I've wasted a ton of time with all those films. Um, but neither The Hobbit nor The Desolation of Smaug... Uh, Captured me in, in any which way. And I was really excited for The Hobbit when I first saw that trailer. And you hear the the background music that mm-hmm. was, you know, the same from from the, the Lord of the Rings. And they're singing the Misty Mountain song. I was just like, oh my God, I want to go see this so bad. I was more excited for The Hobbit movie than I was for The Lord of the Rings. I wouldn't go that far. But I was super psyched to go back into that world. And in trying to expand it, and, and I said, you know, I was willing to give Peter Jackson the pass. To start. Right. Because if, if yeah. he's done stuff that you've loved, when people are like, oh, I can't believe he's expanding, I'm like, well, he's going to give it a shot. I, I'll trust him to at least – hopefully it will be good. I'll see what happens. And that first one is so disjointed. You know, and, and the same thing happens in that film that happens in um, Fellowship in which Gandalf is with this crew, disappears, and comes back. Right. And the same thing happens here, but it doesn't have the same weight for some reason. And 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 I think there's there isn't a straight line of thoroughfare. Even once the fellowship breaks, mm-hmm. there are very distinct lines that you're following. You're following Frodo, you're following Gandalf, and you're following um Aragon. Right. And here, yeah. it seems like you're following a thousand different people doing a thousand different things. Without I getting still to could, know any of them. I still couldn't tell you what the hell Gandalf did in the second film. He shows up right. at some old thing and then Sees that Sauron's still alive, and it just. I know why they wanted to make it bigger. Mm -hmm. I would have loved a three hour Hobbit film that just followed the original story. What if they did the.
1: Seriously. It should be be the story of Bilbo, period. Yeah, so So what what if they did. It should be the story of Bilbo and how everybody comes in and out of. And it's his view of the shit going on around him.
0: Yeah, and you still get all the important parts of The Hobbit. You get Bilbo, you get the trolls, you get the dragon. But I don't think there was anything wrong with making The Hobbit a simpler story. That The problem with it is that, it's that they did it in reverse. Right. When Tolkien wrote it, he wrote The Hobbit as a simple, almost a children's story. Right, right. And then decided, yeah. I built this entire world that's in my head. Check this out. Here's a billion pages mm-hmm. of a ring and a bunch of other guys jumping after it and a king that's missing and the end of the world and all this other stuff. When you start with that, I think everyone thought it would be a hard sell to say – we're going, to do a, we're going to do a single film, two films max, and it's just going to be The Hobbit, and it's going to be a bunch of dwarves that go to the guy that you saw for a couple minutes in the original trilogy. They go to a mountain, and they steal a gem back. Right. Well, see, that's what so, I was going to say. Should it, should it have been two films? You have The Hobbit, and then you have The Battle of the Five Armies as the I don't second think it film. Should, no, it shouldn't even have been The Battle of the Five Armies. If you're going to do two films, then you do two two-hour films, and you can expand a little on the story of The Hobbit, but it just... In trying to make the story bigger, it doesn't connect with the two. What's going on with with Gandalf and what's going on with um, uh, the elves and everything else, and what will be the battle of the five armies has absolutely nothing to do with a couple of dwarves and a and a, and a hobbit trying mm-hmm. to get into a cave, trying to get into a mountain. They try to make it bigger with this idea that you know the dwarf kingdom has to come back, but you've already seen the other films. The dwarves never come back to the way that they, right. they were. Minas Tirith is dead, and all that other stuff. So. Um, not Minas Tirith. That's the city. I can't remember wherever they where, where they die. Whatever.
1: Uh, Minas Tirith, or no? The no.
0: what? What's uh, the 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 mines in the first film? The dwarf. Oh, con- uh,
1: uh, the, the goblin name. mines. Yeah, yeah, I can't
0: remember what the name of the city was. No, the dwarf oh, mines sh- where they go into. Well, no, that's what he's talking about. Where the goblins are. Because isn't that isn't that the city that they're showing in in the Hobbit? Yes. Uh, uh Moria, right? Moria, yeah, the, the mines, mines of Moria. Moria. Yeah. Yeah, so I mean, we, we know that the, the dwarf kingdom never comes back to what it used right. to be because we've already seen the ending. So you're sort of like, what the hell exactly are they fighting for? I don't yeah, know. It right. just, it. My biggest disappointment. It's still visually exciting. And uh, I know everyone is like, oh, I can't believe they made an extra elf and it's Evangeline Lily. She's so gorgeous as an elf. Oh, my God. And like, it still looks really cool. But that brings a second point is his physical the 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 practical effects the physical effects right. are gone almost everything is CGI mm-hmm. to the fact that the main character Azog as a villain is is a CGI character yep whereas yeah. 100% none CGI. yeah none of the none of the close ups of the orcs or the goblins in the first three films in the Lord of the Rings films none of those are CGI they're right. all makeup effects
3: mm-hmm.
0: you know obviously the huge armies are Sauron is the cave trolls are you know that that's yeah. fine but it just Souls a great way to say. It. I think it doesn't feel like a Peter Jackson film to me. It yeah. just feels big and bloated. I think that was my review after we saw The Hobbit, where I said it just felt it felt bloated to me. It felt a lot of pieces that just didn't, didn't need to be there. Uh, it kind of gave me the same feeling as the as the Star Wars, you know, as the tril the original, or the prequel trilogy of Star Wars. It, it didn't have that closeness, that connection that you had with the original trilogy when they tried to expand it and do more cgi and make you know instead of having a a tight-knit group talking about you know themselves and other things you had a big valley they're walking through that's just nothing but cg around them but one of my biggest complaints with the hobbit was the cave of Gollum. the whole thing with bilbo and and Gollum got cut way short from what it is in the book and you know even the original cartoon that they did in the late seventies, early eighties, you know, they had, there was more connection between Gollum and Bilbo that kind of got over, you know, got glossed over. So, I, I don't know. I still enjoy the Hobbit trilogy, but it's not nearly as much as the Lord of the Rings. Well, like I said, I've I've wasted a whole bunch of times with uh, Lord, yeah, of the no, Lord of the and Rings. Yeah, Lord of the Rings is really better. But, but I've it. never, I, I haven't seen, I haven't seen either of the Hobbit movies a second time. I didn't see either of them more than once.
1: Uh, no, I think because you were I waiting saw to watch the expanded. first but one in the then. theater once, and I never saw the second one.
0: Well, you never even saw Desolation of Smog?
1: Nope, I fine. haven't
2: seen the second one either. I've seen the first well, one see, on I, DVD. I, I, Well, that's that's not a big deal for you, Ethan. You see a movie a year.
1: How <laughs> was the Last of Us?
2: Yeah, <laughs> they make a Last of Us movie. They're in the works <laughs> of that, Ethan. They're, Ethan they're in that.
1: pre-production on the Last of Us movie.
2: Ethan may go to that. Um, oh, better, better go stand in line now. No, I, I've seen I've seen
0: The Hobbit a few times. Uh, it's on HBO now, so every once in a while, I'll just like leave it on in the background of something. Um, I've no, I have I own the expanded edition of that of the first Hobbit, but I think I was waiting to watch it with you, Chris, because you mentioned I don't know how expanded you can get it. And then that second, the, the um, I went to see the Desolation of smog with my ex girlfriend, and when we walked out, and I asked her how what she thought, she said. That movie was nine hours long, <laughs> and the second, the, also my experience. The second half of that movie, I was sick. I started feeling it when just like just before we went into the film, and about halfway through, I'm like, "Oh man, my throat hurts really bad." And I notice I'm just sweating in an air conditioned theater. I'm like this is no good. <laughs> <laughs> this is not. We walked out of that, and I'm just started coughing. And it's just like this is not a great experience. I like the second one better than I like the first one of the Hobbit. I would say so because only there was more stuff in it, but the, like I said, the, the whole Lake Town thing is just like what yeah. the fuck am I watching? And plus, it drove me crazy. that I couldn't figure out who that, where that guy was from, and I don't think he was from anything I'd ever seen before. But apparently, he just looked like somebody I thought I <laughs> saw in another project. So like, where is that guy from? Is he in, is he in Game of Thrones? Who is that guy? Speaking of Game of Thrones, Game of Thrones is so good this season. Yeah. I'm not Did you have you? Not. Are you caught up, Travis? Oh, yeah. Did oh, yeah. Did you enjoy the purple wedding?
1: Yes, I did. Yes. I finally got redemption for all the hate.
0: Yes. <laughs> that that was so good. Okay, so we can't talk about that because Chris and Ethan are behind. Um, so you guys want to wrap it up? Sound good? All right, we're wrapping it up. So as always, remember, Nerdables is on. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> Just we're on, cut to the point already. Hey, we're done. We're done.
0: We're on Stitcher Radio, which is a great way to listen to us and all the other podcasts.
1: We're, we're on Stitcher Radio. We are. Uh, yeah, actually,
0: to be honest with Stitcher, it it's, sounded
1: so sad To about be that. honest
0: with Stitcher, are you talking to Stitcher? <laughs> I am. I'm talking to Stitcher. They notify you when the new podcast is up through your email. They also will. Um, it makes it easier to find your podcast that you're wanting to listen to. And then immediately after yours ends, it starts to give you a, another podcast that is similar to the one you're just listening to. I think I said that last time, didn't I? Probably. Fuck, I'm starting so, to repeat myself. So Big Brother's telling you what to listen to. Big Brother's trying to tell you what to listen anyway, to. Anyway, so we're on Stitcher, we're on SoundCloud, we're on Blip TV, we're on iTunes, uh, we're at Facebook.com/slash/Nerdables. Twitter account at Nerdables Show and you can visit our website <laughs> www.nerdables.com you can listen to the podcast catch up on episodes you missed is there video content up on uh, on nerdables.com no there's actually not is up there, on is there video content from <laughs> Nerdables the there's video shot. content on YouTube I got to transfer ah, it transferred over to okay. okay so did we get the video content up we got we one out? of them so far okay. it's, it, my, it's been killing my internet trying to put uh-huh. them up yeah uh, it's it's My time Immunite warner. Got killed. It's Time Warner, and Time Warner just slows the shit out of everything. Yeah, that's what Time
1: Warner's wonderful.
0: So, anyways, leave your comments, concerns, and hate <laughs> don't, mail. Don't leave your
1: concerns. To, to but we're gonna wrap this up
0: because there's a bunch of people who have to go to work. To so. podcast at nerdables.com. We're gonna stop. So right for Travis, Ethan, and Chris, I'm saying happy birthday to you guys. We're one year old.
1: <laughs> now you gotta do the little <laughs> Where's the Where's the little Where's the little party hat and the the blowers and streamers?
2: There's no party hat for us.
0: That'll be on That'll be on the actual image for the You know, for the It's never a party when you're not here, Travis. Oh. There
1: you go. Ah.